All right. Hello and welcome to Trashy Boys. I'm Ryan. I'm Nathan. And today we're talking about 1972's Don't Torture a Duckling, directed by Lucio Fulci. And uh, I almost knew nothing about this movie beforehand. I think I've heard the title maybe a couple of times, but mm-hmm. honestly, I just I saw the, the title re- not too long ago when it was on sale during Halloween, and I'm like, you know, that might be something interesting to talk about. That's something that would fit in the parameters of what we talk about. So, mm-hmm. Nathan, what's been your experience with this movie beforehand? Uh, I just kind of knew the title. I heard about it in uh, in college, actually. I took a class on slasher film history and this, this came up cause it's very early in kind of the development of that. And yeah, it's just been on my radar for a while. I just never got around to it. I know Lucio Fulci cause uh, he is like a horror director mainstay. He made like New York Ripper and that zombie movie. With oh, zombie he made that two. movie? Yeah, he did. Yeah. He, he just makes like, just like gross horror movies, um, which this isn't on the same level of gross, but we'll, we'll get into that. But yeah, that's my experience. Yeah, we should definitely talk about New York Ripper one day. I'd love to. That's on my watch uh, list. But I guess this is a good time to talk about Italian Giallo movies, because this is our first one. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, I've... The, Basically, my only experience is just Dario Argento movies. I mean, I've seen Suspiria. I've seen Cat of the Night, Tales, Birds with the Crystal Plumage, and Opera, things like that. I mean, what, what's been your thoughts of Italian Giallo movies? I, I mean, I, I love Giallo films. I think they're, I think they're super cool, um, it, just super stylized. I, and Dario Argento, you know, it, saying that's your only experience. I mean, he's one of the best. Dario Gento is just really cool. It's super stylized. Um, I, I think that's what's interesting about it because what would become, what was Giallo would slowly leak into what American slasher films are, which I think everybody kind of, I know it's weird to say this, but everyone grew up with slasher movies. And it's really cool to see like the precursor to all of that. Yeah, I mean, you have to really kind of understand, like, in American subculture, there really wasn't these real-life, like, type of monsters. It was all these very Hollywood, universal type of monsters. So Mm -hmm. you never really could get get the sense that humans could be their own type of monsters. So, which I think, like, one of the first times I remember a subject being tackled like that may have been... Peter Bondanovich's movie Targets. Have you seen that? No, I've I've never seen it. Which I this is for maybe a movie we should watch at some I, point. I I definitely think so. But just a just a brief summary of it. It just mm-hmm. it features Boris Karloff, you know, who is famous for portraying Frankenstein and other really famous horror movie type characters, mm-hmm. and he's kind of juxtapositioned with this real life killer that's in this movie too. So it's kind of like old horror meeting new horror. Mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah, they didn't even know what was coming with Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And Oh, yeah. And this movie predates Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yes, uh, it does. But no, my experience, like I said, it's I always love the different type of col- the different type of colors, filters they put on mm-hmm. it. They really do play around with it. But I will say like there's there's almost like this really <laughs> a lot of the characters in these type of movies actually really unnatural to me if that makes any sense like they don't they don't act like regular human beings it's it's not like not like they're acting crazy or whatever but just the way they speak and their speaking patterns it always just 
feels so bizarre to me, just real alien like. Yeah, it, it's it, it all come a lot of it comes down to Italian filmmaking techniques at the time, which was let's not record the audio because we're getting a bunch of actors that speak different languages and they're going to speak their own languages and we're going to just dub it later. We'll just dub it later. And I think that adds to an unnaturalness and maybe like they changed the script and it just doesn't quite fit the words. It, it, you know, it's the problem that all these movies have, even like good, bad and the ugly, which was my first movie that was dubbed like that. And I remember being a kid and be like, what the hell am I watching? Why is it like this? You know, it's dubbing. It sucks that it's such a huge part of Italian history, but it does kind of, it's always a little jarring, right? No matter what. Yeah. And I guess for like an actor, when you're on the set and you're, you're speaking English or speaking Italian and then the guy in front of you speaking Portuguese or Spanish Mm -hmm. and you're having like this conversation, but you don't really know what each other's saying. So you kind of have to react even though you don't know the exact words and the exact word cues. So I can understand how maybe that gives you like, it doesn't look look quite natural because that's what happens in this movie. Everything is dubbed. So nobody's lip movements match at all. Yeah, I guess a uh, little fact I read uh, was that no, no, none of the main actors are actually Italian or were speaking Italian. It was like Portuguese, English, German. It was a whole mishmash of languages. And just, just like you said, I don't see that being a very good working environment. I know I pro- if I'm not an actor or anything, but if I was an actor, that'd probably be tough to act off of a group of people that I do not know what's going on. Yeah, but you know, it's just it's up the time you you're working with your work. You're working with what you have, and like a lot of these different Italian movies, they were getting like these unknown actors that maybe weren't as famous in their own home country. So mm-hmm. it was just kind of like whatever resources we have, let's let's just make a movie. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> we got people. Let's just film. <laughs> Which, yeah. Um, yeah. Let's. Uh, I think we should hop right into "Don't Torture a Duckling." Yeah. So it's usually how these movies start. There is a murder that happens and there's been a series of these children being murdered and the town is kind of looking to figure out who is the killer. And there are some suspects. People are acting very sus. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. We're really selling it to the young kids on this one. Yeah. yeah. All, <laughs> so there's at least three sussy bacas in this movie. And oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <don't>... mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay, and an imposter might be among them, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> exactly. But no, I, I really love like the tone of the movie and the tone really sets itself very quickly because uh, there's a woman, you don't know who she is. And the first scene is she's unearthing this little skeleton. That's obviously like a baby skeleton. Yeah. I think what kind of drew me a lot to this movie was this element that it was children being killed. Cause you don't see that a lot in movies in general that's something that things like the stray there to you know stray away from is murdering the death of children and all that so um seeing those that little skeleton i i even think for even if it's a little dated it's still like oh wow that's uh, that's crazy to see that you don't really see that i know you you really wouldn't get imagery like this in any other type of movie at the time in america and i mean 
because like we said, new horror is just kind of like in its infancy and it doesn't really know what it is. So mm-hmm. you don't, you're, just the thought of like these children being murdered is not, <laughs> you would never see that it would, in a movie in America like that. And, no. and, you know, we actually do spend a little time with the kids beforehand. So it's not like these random kids that are dying. No. It's these, it's these group of friends that are in church as these little altar boys. Mm-hmm. And they, they, I think they grew up in, well, no, okay, no, they, I was going to say they're an orphanage, but no, they do have parents, but yeah, um, they do spend a lot of time in church, and they're really big friends with the priest that's there, who's like a younger type of guy, so he relates more to them, but mm-hmm. each time they slowly are dying off, and the suspects are becoming a lot more clear, and mm-hmm. there's a lot of red herrings in this. There's A not, ton, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they think like, okay, here, here he is. Here's the killer. But you're like, nope, mm-mm, mm-mm. not who you suspect. No. Um, which I think is really, um, I don't know. I, I guess I never found it too predictable. Well, I guess I read kind of a plot on it and I, I, I had it figured out, but you know, I, I think it does a good job of having good twists and turns throughout. Yeah. Um, and you know, you know, you really don't know what you're going to get from a movie like this because they could go the really obvious route. Like this is the killer. Like mm-hmm. it just, they, they point it out to you. But so I guess like, cause for a movie at the time, you never know what you're going to get. You don't know if it's going to be, you know, this killer is going to be super obvious and they just are going to play into that. Or are they just going to go the route where it's somebody you least suspect? So mm-hmm. I'm glad it wasn't so obvious. And actually, I mean, there are multiple red herrings. So after the first red herring, at first I did think that was the killer, the, the second suspect in this. Yes. Yeah. And I, I thought, okay, I, I, okay, this is the killer, but nope, wrong again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, um, it's definitely, I don't know. Lu- Lucio Fulci did a very good job with, um, I don't know, keeping it, keeping it twisting and turning, especially with like characters. Cause there's characters that you would assume, well, like you said, everybody's being sussy bacas and yeah. um <laughs> there's because from right off the the rip i i this scene is a really uncomfortable scene but it's uh the scene with a lady who's topless and the 10 year old boys there and like she's like oh you want to you want to fuck me don't you you're full of shit <laughs> like i know it, yeah that i just um you think of something like that. I mean, I know sexuality is not really a big deal in Europe, but you know, you think like a little boy and an older woman's like basically seducing this child. And it's, it's a, it's a really uncomfortable scene. It is. So it's already got you thinking like, Hmm, this is already a little suspect. You know what I mean? This is, (laughs) this lady's being a little weird. Um, but I guess, I I guess a little, another fun fact, Lucio Fulci had to go to court for that scene and he had to, tell everybody that no the little boy wasn't there it was a it was a it was a little person <laughs> acting don't worry oh I, I really didn't know that yeah yeah um because the way it's shot it's the topless girl you only see the topless girl or him or the back of the little boy and when it was the back of the little boy it was a little person so they didn't put him around the topless woman which i hate to say it wouldn't have surprised me if they actually did put a topless yeah, woman in this, this room as a little boy this is during the time italian filmmaking they didn't even have like um uh god what do you call it anything to protect animals in their shooting so they would just kill well, animals and filming well, and they show that in this movie because there is a there is a scene where a little boy 
gets these rocks and he's just shooting live live rocks with a slingshot at these lizards and all these lizards are just being smashed. It's yeah. so it's I'm just like, wow. You just you realize what era you're watching when you see stuff like this. Exactly. And I and it sucks too, because I, I, I seriously don't think an animal should die for a movie ever. I think that's just not for any art, no animal should die. That's just like messed up. Even if it's a lizard. I mean, even big Hollywood movies, that's what would happen. I mean, exactly. <laughs> and, yeah. And I, the, the most famous example I could probably think of is apocalypse now where they actually sacrifice a real cow and they just show a cow being sliced yeah. up and decapitated. Yeah. Actually, um, I watched a movie Mondo Kane, you know, that, that's, a, that's, a, was big then the Mondo movies. And those just showed like, it's like faces of death, you know, they show murder and death and stuff like that, but they also showed like animal abuse and stuff. I don't, I don't know why um, this was a thing back in the day. <laughs> I know. And that's, I, it's so hard for me to watch that type of stuff. I cannot, <laughs> if I knew that if, Anytime I see like a real animal being abused, even fake, I, even though when I know it's 100% fake, it's still really hard to watch. Exactly, yeah. So anyway, yeah, the, the town is sort of investigating. And the thing I thought was, I, the thing I was waiting for, which is honestly a little bit of a drawback for me in this movie, was mm-hmm. we don't really get a main character in this movie until like the last third of this movie yeah it it definitely it trades off a lot i actually found this movie maybe i just need to rewatch it again i found it a little hard to follow personally i i sometimes the plot wasn't going in a very clear direction for me enough to really like understand sometimes what characters were motivated and like what they were doing personally yeah well i mean it's like should i be invested in the inspector or the journalist or the, the police officers like who who is who should i be emotionally invested in? who should i care about their plight and and then we find out the journalist is like oh he was the main character really because he's yeah. the one that he's the one that figures out what's going on i i also think well, we already spoke about this, but the dubbed voices are really bad. The little boy, one of the main little boys, is definitely just an adult doing the voice. That I, I found that very distracting. It's so. it's not great, and it the dubbing is very distracting. It's yeah. I'm I'm constantly aware of it, and mm-hmm. even though the movie is subtitled with English because they everybody is speaking Italian on the dub, but. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's very distracting reading that because you just hear like these unnatural voices. Because I do like, you know, when you do read ahead, I do like watching like the characters' mouth movements and getting that emotion, getting that emotional reaction. So when you see something that's completely unnatural, it's just like, uh, this reminds me I'm watching a movie right now. Yeah, because it, it, you're not sucked into it properly. You're not like completely invested into it. There is one character that does pop up, um, Francesca who is um, basically the town crazy lady. Uh, I do really like that character a lot. She's just very bizarre. You know, um, I think, I think that that actress, I don't know her name off the top of my head. I think she does a good job. The the witch, the witch, the witch. Yeah. Yeah. That she's probably the best part of the entire movie. Really? Mm-hmm. I mean, she's, she's the only one like you actually feel like there's this big emotional connection because she did goes through a lot throughout this movie. And there's one scene in particular where you're just like, Ooh, like I, I, that I don't want to see that. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Um, 
and I guess the, there is a point in the movie. Um, this movie is a very early example of horrible things going on with a pop song playing. And I don't know how you felt about that scene. Uh, it was really off-putting to me because uh, I don't mind that. I don't mind that trope of like, oh, I'm watching a murder, but there's like a happy song playing. This <laughs> it just felt really out of place compared to the rest of the movie. I, I think when you see stuff like that, and you need to have like kind of like a really ridiculous tone. Like if you're going to uh-huh. do something like that, and this movie was is 100% serious. They're not trying to go for this <laughs> no. really crazy tone. And it, that scene does happen. You're like, oh, why? Why go with that? Uh-huh. But I, you know, I guess they went for for a specific reason. But no, I don't think it was the best choice either. No, but I, I guess they wanted to add some kind of style to it. I don't know. Interesting. And explain, and explain to me too, though. Why is there? Why is this movie broken up into parts? Why in the middle of the movie they're just like, oh, end of part one? And because this is not a long movie, it's about no. a regular length. It, it's regular length, and then yeah. all of a sudden it's just like end of part one. Yeah, I I don't know. I seriously don't know. <laughs> it, it, it's bizarre. I I watched another. I wish I could have that example, but I watched a movie recently that had intermission and it was only like two hours long, which I found <laughs> weird. But yeah, I don't I don't know because usually when movies are in parts, they're more than two parts, right? It isn't like end of part one and then it plays the next one. Usually, it's like I think of an act structure, like a three act kind of deal. I mean, if it's going to do that, or it's, I just imagine like those old grand epic type of movies that are like three or four hours long where they mm-hmm. would have to put in an intermission just yeah, to give people, just to give people a chance to, yeah, because it's like, oh, this three, four hour long movie, you have to give them at least a little bit of a break. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, but uh, one other thing I noticed too, which there is a fight scene towards the end between the killer and the, and the, the people that find out who he is. And, when they're punching and kicking each other, mm-hmm. I, it's these kung fu sound effects from like the old sound, like seventies kung fu yes. movies. Where it's like, <laughs> and it, it just sounds so ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I even wrote that down. That is like one of the. It's just so silly. Um, also, there is a part um, where I'll, I'll say this just for the sake of spoilers, but somebody falls off a cliff. And, mm-hmm. like, their face gets ripped by rocks on the cliff. That was insane. Like, I had never yeah. seen anything like that. It was good. But yeah. I, the one negative I will say about this movie is mm-hmm. <laughs> has some of the worst-looking dead bodies I have oh, ever seen right. in any movie. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking about, like, the dead child in the water that looks mm-hmm. kind of like a mannequin. <laughs> Just, like, really it, bad. It, it looked horrible. That one in particular, I was... It, it, it looked like a ventriloquist dummy. Yeah, it did. like the like the mouth was like a gape open. The <laughs> eyes were like look like they're made out of wood, and the uh-huh. teeth are, look like they're plastic. It's so weird looking. Yeah. Um, God, I want to know what the budget was on this thing. I don't know because uh, at one point it does feel big, like it would have a lot of money, but some things feel so so cheap. I don't. I don't know. Um, but. Uh, Okay. But we've given a, we yeah, but you know I, we've given a lot of negatives for this type of movie. But I will say like a lot of the positives. So I really love the tone that they set. There's a lot of this occult type of stuff in the beginning where it's like there's somebody working with voodoo. Um, they're burying like the little voodoo dolls, and you think that's what's going on. Um, 
the music in it is really good. Like there's one yeah. scene where they're when they're playing with the pan flute, which mm-hmm. was really good. I really like that a yeah, lot. Yeah, the the um the music the composer is Riz Ortolani, who who worked on a lot of Giallo movies at the time. Um, actually, one of the songs in this is uh, he reused for Cannibal Holocaust, which I know is a movie that's very controversial, but the music in Cannibal Holocaust is very good. <laughs> I will yeah. take your word for it because I'm never watching it. Yeah, understandable. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, that's I, so when we when we watch these type of movies, you're not really watching it for the acting. You're not really watching it because you love the characters so much or the story. Even for me, it's I love these type of movies because of the tone it sets. I, it, I totally agree. <laughs> Yeah, you're not going to see anything amazing, but you're going to get that experience. Like I said, it's you feel like you're in this little small town. You feel like you're part of this experience of these murders, and it kind of you you know something really bad's happening, and it it gives you that that feeling each time. Yeah, there's something about it with these types of movies where you can suspend reality to some extent, and as an experience. It's just fun. I don't know. Tor- don't torture a duckling. I came out of it like, you know, I-, I had a good time. You know, I have a lot of negatives for it, but it's more of just a time and era. That's just the way these movies were. And I just, it it's a good time. It- it's like horror movies are one of those genres that it could be really bad, but you still have a really good time with it. And that's what I would say about, and not saying this is really bad. It just has bad elements, but it's something it's like, yeah, no, it's just a part of the movie. You know, I enjoy yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, I don't think any fan of Giallo movies would ever be disappointed by something like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, it fits right in line with a lot of the other ones I've seen where, no, I'm not blown away by anything, but it puts me in that mood where I want to feel something like this. I want to feel like there's like this uneasy tone when I'm watching yeah. a movie like this. It, it's It's definitely tone and mood over any kind of like... Co- I guess not coherent plot. You know what I mean? Like a plot that's basic. It's easy to understand. It, it wants you to feel something instead. Um, and it does. It, it makes you feel. It has It has a tone, a good tone. Uh, oh, and we didn't mention the Donald Duck cameo. Sorry. Oh, I, <laughs> yeah. I wrote my, 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 one of my notes in here is, oh my God, Donald Duck was the killer the whole time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry for the spoiler, but yeah, Donald Duck ends up being the killer. Um, Which that is distracting. I mean, I know like that's like, but they kind of play it off like, oh yeah, like I, we didn't, like I bought this little girl a doll and I, they had a duck there and they just, they say it's a duck, but it's literally a Donald Duck doll. It's just Donald Duck. (laughs) It's so weird. (laughs) I, I know things are different with copyright and stuff. They were ripping off movies left and right over there, but like, oh my God, I can't believe it. Yeah. Well, cause there's one scene where the, they find like the Donald Duck head because they're looking yeah, for they're looking for the little girl, and they find a Donald Duck head, <laughs> and so you just see like a headless Donald Duck. Like, uh-huh. with the, with the, <laughs> yeah, which so, I, I guess that's where the titles comes from, right? Don't torture a duckling because the duck, and also children die. But <laughs> yeah, well, no, it's the ducks. It's all about the ducks. Yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> all the ducks. Oh, well, now I know what the title "Mighty Ducks" meant. It meant the kids were strong. Oh, no way. No way. <laughs> Mighty Ducks isn't about ducks. I don't, I've never seen it. I don't know. 
Uh, but you know, that's my biggest gripe with this movie. There could have been a little more ducks, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But it has the duck, the big one, the Donald. most famous duck. Yeah, yeah. I, you're you're right. I cannot argue with that. But mm-hmm. yeah, uh, I I definitely. I mean, for horror fans, I recommend it. It's definitely something I think you'll enjoy. I mean, I don't. It's nothing amazing. Don't don't get your hopes up. But if you're looking for something to kind of put you in that uneasy, or you're looking for a good mystery, you know, I yeah, check it out. Yeah, to- totally agree. Uh, it's a hot. It, it's a recommend for any fan of older horror. Yeah, and because the mystery is pretty much the main plot point, I don't I don't think we really feel the need to get into it. So yeah, I don't want to, and I think that's one of the more interesting elements about this movie. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely recommend seeing it, getting that mystery. Don't read a plot synopsis; just kind of go in with maybe what we gave you. Yeah, and if that one interests you, or I check out other Giallo movies. I, I they're mm-hmm. really good movies. Yeah, we, yeah, we talked about Argento. Go see Argento movies; he's he's wonderful but i think that's it unless there's anything else you want to add nathan nope that that is everything all right well nathan what are we going to talk about next week well i guess a big announcement for the show to get everything started um so ryan we are on the final trashy boys right this is this is the end here you you are breaking up with me yeah, I'm breaking up with you. And I'm moving on to something called um, Drive-In Double Feature. Can I come? Yeah, come along. It's fine. All yeah, right. join All right. in. Good, good. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, we're, 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 we're breaking off. We're going to start our own little thing. Um, Drive-In Double Feature. I'll make sure that that gets made, and I'll post a link to it in the description of this. Please like and subscribe as we get that started up. Yeah. Yeah, and we're we're basically just doing this because we've we've been able to deliver episodes on a pretty consistent basis, and so mm-hmm. it's not necess- we're just trying not to clog up the regular media voice theme. Uh, it, so we've just so we're just kind of separating that so that way there have it has room to grow, and if other side podcasts we want to do could have to fill in that space. It, exactly. Yeah, it's it's nothing negative. It's more like we are consistent, and we we're really enjoying what we're doing. So we want to just keep at it. So. Yeah, drive-in double feature. We'll be talking about even more of these. And uh, up first is is Communion from 1989, starring Christopher Walken. It is wacky. Oh boy, is it! Yeah, cannot wait. <laughs> I can't wait either. We'll see you guys over there. Sounds good. Can't wait. <laughs>